Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, guys, if you are in the fitness space or you love fitness, you love working out, you love the simplicity of all the new apps and technology that have just come to life in a big way in the last year. You're going to love today's podcast. On the show today is the founder and CEO of Flexit Fitness, Austin Cohen. Austin, it is so great having you on the podcast. Justin, thanks so much. I'm super excited to be here with you today to share my story, to share the Flexit story you and all of your listeners. Appreciate <laughs> I love this. When I saw your info, I was so excited because um, personally, I'm, I love fitness. I swim every morning. I do a little bit of Peloton, um, you know, like their, their workouts. And like, it feels like over COVID for me, it's been like a whole refocus. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of your consumers. And I can't even wait to, to unpack what your company is doing and whatnot. But before we do that, I'd like to start with your background, man. How did you get into the entrepreneurship space? I mean, I know your bachelor's was in neuroscience and behavior, but how did you even get into like the world of entrepreneurship? It's definitely been a a different path than I thought it would be back when I was an undergraduate at Columbia University. I was a neuroscience major, and a pre-med student. And um, obviously, I've, I've come a long way from that career, which I decided not to pursue my senior year of college. Sure. Uh, but... Early on in my career, I had a couple experiences that informed me that entrepreneurship was for me. Uh, it's just quite apropos being here today as an entrepreneur, running a fitness business. I've been an athlete my whole life, played sure. sports in college. And in my first job out of college, I was working in the healthcare industry with a company that was based in San Francisco. And so I began, began to get familiarized with the startup ecosystem out in the Bay Area. And I quickly learned a few things. One was that I wanted to move away from the medical field, but that I did have a passion for health with sure. regards to fitness. And two, that I had a passion for early stage companies. The work that we were doing was to help commercialize small companies and pair them with large organizations to help them become viable businesses and to support their growth. And that instilled in me a desire to actually enter the venture space. Uh, so I spent the next few years working in venture alongside a bunch of entrepreneurs, um, working across con the consumer segments, sure. hospitality, entertainment, sports, food and beverage, technology, and very much enjoyed my time across those industries. Uh, the group that I was a part of then put plans together to build a new private aviation company. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I spent the next few years in the private jet business. So I'm a partner, um, was in the C-suite at Wheels Up, which is now a Dude, I mean, private. can I just say that brand is amazing. Like, I, I feel like it, I mean, it's just come to life in so many ways the last couple of years. It's, I mean, you see it everywhere. I mean, that had to be so much fun to be part of that. Yeah, I, I like to, to say, you know, all roads lead back to Wheels Up and Kenny and Wheels Up was an amazing experience and still is. And 
Uh, you know, every month that goes by, there's no shortage of awesome stuff that we continue to make happen. You know, if, if there's any skilled sales and marketers out there, it's wheels up. And sure. know, a lot of what we do here is informed by my experiences working alongside Kenny and the team and at Wheels Up. And so that model, um, the approach to birthing a new brand and building the brand and spreading awareness has unequivocally shaped the way that I look at and build businesses and um, instilled in me a desire to really build, um, innovate, disrupt, and create amazing customer experiences. That concept of experience um, is something that w- became formative for me in my earlier career wow. and has stuck with me and is core to everything that we do here at Flexit. And so, you know, your experiences shape you. And back to your question, you know, I feel like as a lifelong athlete and as someone who's always loved fitness, that that desire to compete and go out there and to do exciting things and bring the energy every day is something that, you know, keeps me motivated. I wake up every day. I'm an early morning workout guy. And um, with, with startups and building companies and making a name, you know, that level of um, intensity is something that I latched onto early on in my career and that I carry forward. Um, our team carries forward and that we live here at Flexit. Wow. I love that. And um, what what a cool background. And yeah, like it's so fun to be part of something that's growing and we could probably do a whole podcast on wheels up. I'm, I might have, I might have to put that over on the side so that we can come back <laughs> to that. Um, Cause I think there'd be a lot of our listeners that love to hear that. Um, but let's, let's get right to it. You, you it gave us a good segue into Flexit fitness. Um, so here you are at wheels up, which is great. And you, I guess you're still part of that, but how did you decide to, I get, I get your background in fitness, but there's, there's a difference between like being in fitness, and, and kind of growing, working up and all, working out and all that and starting a business in it. So what problem did you see in this space that you decided, hey, you know what, we're going to start a company and solve it? Of course. So especially a company that is a marketplace, it's important to really understand both sides before diving into it. So this is not a job, it's a lifestyle. I live this thing all day, every day. I absolutely love it as do my business partners and we're bringing amazing experiences to consumers and changing the way that they look, feel, uh, the way that they're spending their time. And so um, for us, this is really a lifestyle. And so deciding to jump in with three feet is a decision (laughs) that was not taken lightly, if you will. And so take a step back as someone who's spent a lot of time in the venture space and as an innovator and as a consumer over the last 10 or so years, it's become apparent that consumers, let's just talk millennials and Gen Zers for a second, have been conditioned to access anything they want, anytime they want. Few clicks of the finger, smartphone enabled, food, Postmates, caviar, transportation, Uber, Lyft, hospitality, hotel tonight, Airbnb. Everything has been commoditized and consumers can access hyper a la carte. Sure. As a fitness consumer myself, over the last set of, say, 10 years, consumers have been able to access their boxing, their boot camp, their spin, very a la carte. But those consumption preferences and trends had not historically been catered to at traditional gyms. So traditional gyms, 
Pick a place that you can go and you can hit the bench and you can use an array of cardio equipment, right? So think boxes. And so about four years ago, I spent the better part of my time trying to understand why these consumption preferences and trends had not been catered to. Got it. It was immediate that consumers were looking to access their fitness specifically at traditional gyms the same way that they were accessing everything else in their lives. So I actually did both my undergrad and my business school, my MBA at Columbia University. I went through a number of things, including commissioning studies at Columbia University, at Columbia Business School, where we were able to assert that, yes, consumers want this product. The trickier part was understanding why something like this hadn't existed before. Interesting. And what I found out, which I'll share in a second, is critical to the way that we built this business, which is gym owners and operators have historically run their business in a certain way, and they weren't catering to the millennial and Gen Z consumption preferences and trends. Sure. And so for us to get our gym partners to believe in what we're doing, it was paramount for us to build a model that was owner-operator friendly and centric that they felt comfortable with. One that enabled them to now tap into this Gen Z and millennial channel in ways that they weren't previously. Got and it. so we spent a lot of time up front doing that and building a model that was quite collaborative with our partners. And almost above everything, we value our customers and our gym partners. And so if you will, we've worked really hard over the last few years to create, and we did prior to launching, a happy marriage between both sides of the market, which sure. for any entrepreneur working across the marketplace, it's critical to create that happy marriage between both sides. Got it. So talk about what you mean by the gyms, the traditional gyms kind of operating with a different model in mind and kind of maybe not being as consumer focused. Sure. So the type of consumption that we built for our traditional gym partners on our in-gym product, which we can talk about in a little bit, is such that we're now enabling our gym partners to do something where they weren't putting their effort previously, which is using a smartphone to help customers try gyms in a way that is a little bit different than the traditional gym model. Sure. But by catering to these preferences, which have come to the forefront for millennials and Gen Zers over the last 10 years, the gym owners and operators now have another channel for bringing this demographic through their doors. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, so, but you have this idea, you, you want to start a business in the space, like what were the first steps you had to take to actually go from idea to starting to form a business? In other words, did, did you focus on a specific segment, a specific market? You know, what did that look like as you were just getting started? So the premise when we started was for consumers to be able to try a gym in a way that was in line with how they were accessing the other parts of their lives. So at gyms, that means a consumer can walk into any gym Anytime, there's no tour, no paperwork, everything's handled through the app. It's ah, a got it. experience. And for got us, it. again, that experience above and beyond everything is paramount. And so early on, our goal was to enable consumers to not have one option, but to have many options. So we didn't just launch in one market, in a city, in a pocket of that city, right? So we didn't just launch in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. We launched with a couple hundred gyms across six different markets. Wow. And we had density in those markets because we wanted to do this in a way where consumers were able to act, really 
access and not feel um, encumbered. And in partnering with an array of partners with good optionality for consumers, we would then be able to introduce consumers to the right gyms that made sense for them. And so we spent um, the better part of 2018 preparing. Um, so formed the business. What did that look like? We launched in 2019. So we were building technology. We were building our supply throughout 2018, starting to put marketing plans in place so that when we finally went live in 2019, we were able to start to bring consumers through the doors of our gym partners. Got so it. there's always a chicken and egg with the marketplace for us. It was critical to have supply. You can't only build supply. You got to think about the demand at the same time. There's a delicate balance there. But the better part of 2018 was spent with us building supply and technology. And Okay, got it. So you had to get the infrastructure set. Um, then, And how did you get gym owners to sign on and be a part of it? What was the value proposition to them? And then second, how did you go and start getting consumers interested? So... It was, like I said, really important for us to create an amazingly collaborative opportunity here for our gym partners. So we set this up so that it's a win-win for our gym partners. Our gym partners participate with us in figuring out how to deliver an optimal experience for any consumer that we drive through their doors. So above anything, for the partners, we're an extension of their team. Got it. So it's not just the Flex, it's an add-on, but Flex, it actually acts as another tentacle for these brands and Got extension it. of their squads. Okay. And so let's, let's play out. Okay, so I got that side of it. How did you get people to me even be aware of the app, the experience, the hey, you should try this? Like what were your what were the initial things you had to do to start building awareness on that side of things? So, of course, new product takes time to build awareness. Sure. For us, we took a very omni-channel approach. We're very long on partnerships. We always have been. I think we're a bit unique in our approach uh, in leveraging partnerships. Uh, so that's one thing. Another is, uh, especially in markets where we had presences, our team had presences, we did a lot of on-the-ground work. We held a lot of events um, in New York City, for example which is our worldwide headquarters. And um, and that actually proved to be a great channel for us super early I'm sure. on. So, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, you got to do a lot and you got to try a lot of things. Um, so it wasn't such that we, you know, we did one or two things, uh, but we, we had an omni-channel approach sure. and everything started to fit in together in unison. Um, and that was uh, that was part of the trick to getting things going for both sides of the market. What, okay, and I love that. Uh, what were some of the surprises, you know, early on, the, the things that you either expected or didn't expect as you were getting things started? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'll, I'll answer that um, maybe a little later than just early on. <laughs> Back to that, but the biggest it. surprise was COVID. Um, oh, that's but, true. I guess that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was definitely an inflection point for our company. Um, and the most difficult thing that is a company that we've faced and going through the experience of COVID is, um, has been transformative for the company. Um, and after going through it, we feel like we can get through anything together. So, sure. um, slightly different answer to your question, but I think, uh, uh, I think everyone, um, regardless of what business 
decline they're in can appreciate the impact that COVID's had unexpectedly on their business. No doubt. No doubt. That's for sure. Um, when you started, did you start alone or did you have partners? Did you have some coaches on this space and how to really dive into it? You know, given just your background, like if you'd come up through fitness and fitness and fitness, you would have had, a, I'd say, a circle of colleagues and friends in this space. Um, like, what did you, who did you have to lean into to, to really get into this market? So I'm a solo founder uh, for the better part of that first year. It was a lot of leveraging relationships, people in the space, out of the space, experts, close friends, advisors, sure. and leaning on them in a way such that they were part of the extended team. And that helped us to effectively have a semblance of a team even from the earliest of days. And the team grew from there. One of my business partners now and our chief operating officer and part of our founding team was actually an early investor of ours. and one of my best friends from college. So it's wild how things come together over time, um, how things evolved over the course of that first year. But instrumental, especially for solo founders, is leaning on that extended family, if you will, and leveraging them as if they are internal for you when you're first getting started and trying to get something off the ground. I love that. That's some great advice. Um, and I, I always love asking that question because I get all kinds of different answers. Um, so when did you know, okay, it's actually, we got something here. It wasn't just a cool idea and we're working on the the, the back end, the application, the, all of that. Like, when did you know, okay, I, we got revenue coming in. We got people adopting, they're jumping on. Was there an inflection point? So uh, it's interesting. Um, that we took an approach where we really tried to, to the extent possible in a pre-revenue state and before launching the company, assert what that ramp might look like. We really put our time in to make sure that the demand was there on both sides of the market. Uh, so that was absolutely instrumental for us. Uh, for us, it's supply and, and dense supply that was the trick to seeing things move. And so we had a threshold for going into a market where we needed a certain level of density to create a certain level of demand. And so uh, I think that things played out according to plan with the exception of, uh, of COVID. I would That's say right. COVID <laughs> is it. our inflection point. But um, I say that COVID is our inflection point because COVID gave life to a virtual platform that we wouldn't have released as early as we did. But because the doors of our gyms closed, we actually launched our virtual personal training platform where the trainers from the gyms that are on our platform actually, through our proprietary technology, deliver live one-on-one -on -one personal training sessions to our customer base. So there's a lot of pre-recorded live stream and hardware options in the, fitness, in the virtual fitness market. We're providing live one-on-one -on -one and live one-on-five. You can have four friends training sessions with an individual who we pair you with because we think they'll help you to meet your goals. Sure. And that person's going to keep you motivated, hold you accountable. And the inflection point for us was having the fully integrated system now, the virtual in one house, one stop shop, having that brick and mortar product with the virtual product. And this virtual product has caught fire during COVID. And so that was really an inflection point for us. We're in a tight spot. Right, the doors to our partners closed and our business was predicated on those partners' doors opening. We actually found 
a really valuable opportunity. We found white space in the market that has made our ecosystem so much more valuable than it was before having this product. And so it was really when virtual started a hum this past summer sure. that, um, you know, that we looked at COVID as an inflection point from a different lens than you might have when, say, the third week in January hit. Got it. Interesting. Um, it's, it's fascinating. So talk to our audience, share with our audience how it works, how the platform works. So we have a couple different products. Two lines of business are our in-gym products. You go to any gym, anytime you're paying for your time by the minute in the gym. And as a consumer, you have access to all the amenities and all the classes offered at that facility. On the virtual front, you can access from wherever you are, whether you have full equipment or no, or, or no equipment, or if you're in an actual gym, one of the trainers on our platform who is affiliated with an array of brands from Blink Fitness to Gold's Gym to Physique 57 to Solid Core to SLT and everything in between, and you can work out that trainer live using our proprietary video conferencing technology. So we like to say that there are other traditional video conferencing techs, but our video platform is training tech. So the features wow. of the trainings in session training are optimized for training. So we have special camera angles. We have the ability for trainers to draw on the screen so that the consumer can see where he or she may need to adjust form to compensate and so that they can perform an exercise more efficiently. There's a stopwatch built into technology and a number of other cool features that optimizes experience in ways that traditional video tech don't. And so delivering these personalized experience um, has been amazing. Consumers have stayed healthy. Um, they've stayed fit. They've de-stressed over the last 10 months, which have been <laughs> yeah. quite trying times for people. And no the doubt. way that people are consuming this product is they're working out regularly using it. So people are working out two to seven times a week using this product month over month. It's uh, during a socially constrained time, being able to connect with that trainer and have them push you, right? Is something that's different than you get if you were just watching, say, a YouTube video on a couple different fitness exercises. Sure. So that's what we've been delivering. Um, and we've, uh, it's been most rewarding being able to have an impact on so many people's lives over the last 10 months. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I know for me, it's been a huge priority. Um, um, fascinating. So, okay, what do you have coming up? What are the big things you're looking at going into a new year um, as you're looking to grow the business? So January, New Year's resolutions. This is about the time of year. Uh, we like to joke it's the Super Bowl the first three months <laughs> That's of the right. year. So this is when fitness is top of mind for many people. For us, it's about helping to deliver, to continue to deliver highly personalized experiences that help people to stay fit and get active. So for us, we're, we're doubling down on what we've been working on the last 10 months. When we think about the future of fitness, we are that one-stop shop for our gym partners and for consumers sure. to access their fitness. And so it's less for us about a new feature that's coming out. We're constantly rolling new features up, but it's more about the fact that whether you've done personal training before or not, this is a product that you can get along with. 30-minute sessions are very popular. You can treat a 30-minute workout with us as if it were a meeting. Have a meeting for 30. Do a flex it. We call it a VPT, virtual personal training session for 30. 
sit back at your desk and keep going. And whether you have no equipment or tons of equipment, you can work out with us on your phone, on our apps on tablet, or on a desktop or laptop using the web. So no matter where you are, Flex got you covered. Absolutely. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, You've been in this space uh, with more than one uh, startup. I'd love for you to share uh, two or three of your biggest lessons learned um, in in the startup space, especially for those that are listening that are either entrepreneurs or or those that are considering starting their own business. I'd love for you to share with you, you know, what would be two two or three pieces of advice you'd offer to them? So my first piece of advice is one that has stuck with me for quite some time that I learned very early on in my career, which is no never means no. It means not now. And I think for entrepreneurs, it's really important to understand that value, that there's nothing personal about it and timing's everything. And for entrepreneurs, willpower and elements of persistence um, are critical. And so I urge all, all entrepreneurs to take no's as not now's. Wow. That's and a great for me, advice. that's something that, that I've always latched onto and believe strongly in. And the second is, I think it's critical for entrepreneurs to be quite nimble, to have their heads on a swivel. Uh, for us as a company, when COVID hit and the doors to our gyms closed, I like to say we stayed calm in the pocket. And I think that that is an absolutely another critical skill or characteristic that entrepreneurs either have or need to cultivate because the world's constantly changing, right? Separate from the events of the last year, that's just how things go. And entrepreneurs need to stay ahead of the curve. And so being able to observe change and what's going on in the surroundings is critical for an entrepreneur to know and to figure out where his or her business fits into the current economic landscape. Sure. Wow. I love that. Um, This has been so cool and enlightening and I'm excited for what you've got going on there. Um, Share with our audience where they can learn more about Flexit and connect with you guys, et cetera. Perfect. So you can find out more about Flexit on our website. It's Flexit, F-L-E-X-I-T.fit.fit. You can reach us by email at info, I-N-F-O, at flexit, F-L-E-X-I-T, dot fit. And you can download our mobile apps for iOS and Android in either the Apple Store or Google Play. And today, for you guys, Justin, for the group and all of the listeners, we're offering a free workout on us on our virtual personal training platform using code contender. Love it. Say that again. C-O-N-T-E-N-D-E-R 100. Contender 100. I love that, dude. dude. That's awesome. I'm excited. Um, this is so great. Uh, I'm really fired up for you guys. Um, I love your line. Good things come to those who sweat. Um, <laughs> it's so great. Austin, man, it's been great having you on. I can't wait to have you back on um, to talk more about the business as, it, as you continue to grow. And I uh, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Perfect. Appreciate the opportunity again. Appreciate all the listeners. Feel free to reach out. Enjoy the platform. Thanks for the time. Look forward to more in the future. The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. 
You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.